Hey, everybody, we're back. It's the Climb Dakar Rally Daily Show. I'm Jesse Ziegler, and Quinn Cody is connecting via Zoom again because he's still in quarantine. Say hi, Quinn. Hello, I'm here. I'm surviving COVID so far. He's doing a good job. No he's taking care of himself over there. Crushing it. Pumping all kinds of stuff, <laughs> man. I'm like taking silver and zinc. Oh, no. and we're oh, just no. We're going to kill this stuff. Oh, no. Quinn's going to be a superhuman when he gets out of that house. Right. The last Doc's thing we got need. Got me on some good stuff. The last thing this world needs is a stronger Quinn Cody. You just stay the way you are. Knock <laughs> uh, me down a peg or two. Yeah, we need to bring you down a peg or two, especially with your recent success at predicting Dakar Rally stage winners. I can't believe you're two for two. And I got nothing to do but sit here and look at Dakar all day long. <sighs> well, that's a good thing for me and for everybody else because we got some deciphering to do today. Uh, straight off the bat, I got to thank. Climb, obviously, for coming on board this year, supporting us. Go to climb.com, check out their riding apparel for whatever kind of motorcycle you ride or a snowmobile because it is snowmobile season and those boys make some serious snowmobile gear. The um, other thing you can do is go to your dealer and say, like, hey, dealer, where's my climb gear? And if they don't have it, you make them, make them get it. I'm all about peer right. pressure at the dealership level. Uh, the other team member we're going to thank today, presenting sponsor Moto Minded. If you want to build a rally bike, and probably the coolest way to build a rally bike, go to motominded.com, check out their rally moto kit. It bolts onto your dirt bike, and then boom, you have a rally bike. And you can do all the stuff we're talking about. Uh, also, shout out to Double Take Mirror, Giant Loop. Thanks, guys. Uh, today is a cool day. I think, you know, we're we're in the mix where all that drama I wanted to see earlier in the race is finally happening. Um, yesterday, woo. It was an S show out there yesterday, navigation-wise. We have some insight into the navigation challenges yesterday. Um, we have insight from the Monster Energy Honda Motorhome navigation team <laughs> from Kendall Norman gave us a little insight into the note, plus Sam Sunderland uh, called in today. We got a little conversation with Sam, who is the new leader of the rally. Uh, but first, we should get down to the stage. Quinn, what happened in the stage today? Yep. So, John Beretta, uh, I think, got his 28th stage win. So That's crazy. Just uh, just like I predicted yesterday, Beretta, he's a specialist at winning stages. And I think that, you know, he and Honda have almost accepted that. He's, uh, he's yeah. really good at winning stages and, you know, maybe not the best at uh, completing the rally in a top overall position. But, man, the guy can he can follow tracks and he can ride from the back like, like nobody else. He can ride fast. Yeah. He's got speed. Really, really incredible. 28 times. I think his first stage win was 2012. If I read that yeah. correctly on the website. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, 10 years ago. Yeah. He's been winning Dakar rally stages for 10 years. So yeah. that's, that's awesome. That's cool to see. Um, what else happened today? Who else were the big movers and shakers out there? Uh, long stage, 338 kilometers or something like that today. So another big day of racing. Uh, side note, this was supposed to be the first day of a marathon stage, but they actually canceled the marathon bivouac uh, tonight. Right now, the guys are pulling into the bivouac. It is just going to be a regular maintenance you know, rally stage bivouac tonight. They're going to have full maintenance because, um, strangely, Saudi Arabia, they got like torrential downpour two days ago or yesterday, the marathon bivouac completely flooded. So couldn't really camp out in the, in the flooded fields. 
So they just went with a, they just eliminated the marathon stage basically for this year. So yeah, none tons of that. and tons of rain in, in Saudi and they, uh, it looked like it was even raining when they were taking off this morning. Oh, it looked uh, cold dark, and rainy. So. Yeah. And I think the stage was wet again and it sounds like it's, it's making it tough for the guys navigation wise because mm-hmm. you know, it's wet desert and if a car goes through or something, it lays down a track and it's really kind of making things a little, it look a little bit different than it did when the guy came through and made the road book. Yeah. Probably in the dry conditions. Yeah, for sure. Plus, um, the, I don't know if you saw the photos from yesterday, the guys are dealing with conditions like standing water that they don't normally have to deal with at a rally. Yeah. I mean, it's cool. Anytime you get to ride in these conditions and, wet yeah. and, and you know, it's kind of talking and messaging with all the guys over there. They say it's just incredible. The, the traction and the riding is, is looks like they're having a lot of fun. Yep. Having fun until they get these complicated road book sections and then they're, you know, spinning donuts out in the desert trying to find which direction they're supposed to go. Yep. We got sure. some really cool info on that, but let's talk about today's stage. Bereta goes out, lays the hammer down. He started 17th today, came away with a stage win, uh, you know, yep. finished five and a half minutes ahead of the second place rider of the day, Sam Sunderland, who is the new overall leader for uh, the race after stage two. He started sixth, ended up second, um, made some time, didn't lose any yep. time. Good, good move for him. One of the Great biggest, day. yeah, one of the biggest uh, movements, Kevin Benavides, who started 14th today, finished third. He did a good job managing that time loss yesterday yeah yeah great day for for kevin and that puts him kind of back in the hunt i mean he's i think overall he's inside the top 10 only about 20 minutes back um and you know as we can see that that changes that can change in a in a moment yep Um, yep. he's right into that swing but to me that shows that shows that he's starting to gel with with the new bike and he's starting to recover from his from his injury and feel better you know there was a little bit of concern that he he had a shoulder injury and he was not super comfortable on the new bike, I think, at first. And so yeah, um, it, it's good to see him have a good result and, and really keep himself in contention. Yeah, the new KTM chassis, the new bike underneath, you know, the Red Bull KTM team, the Husqvarna team, and the Gas Gas team. Um, we've talked to a few guys. Uh, there were some rumors going around that, People were struggling with that bike preseason. Um, I've asked Quinn Cody to tell me numerous times why, but he won't tell me because he's on the he's on the development team over there, so he won't tell me any secrets. But um, reports now, everybody's saying they, they really like the bike. So whatever changes they're making in the development they're doing, it seems to be working on that bike. Um, another guy that moved up, actually didn't move up, another guy riding a really smart race through that mess yesterday and today Skyler house our boy from the Husqvarna factory racing team fourth overall in the day um, he started 10th so he moved up a little bit but um, he's in a good spot for starting again yeah Skyler's he's been solid solid as rock so far which is good you know I was a little a little concerned he didn't have a real strong day yesterday. He just kind of rode steady and mm-hmm. finished in 10th. And, uh, but today, you know, he, he rode really well, finished fourth and he, now he's sitting, I believe he's sitting in, what is this? Fifth, fifth yep. in the general. Yeah. So, he's fifth overall in the general and only 10 minutes off the lead. So yeah. again, these guys are, uh, he's right in the thick of it. really close. I mean, we're only two days in and <laughs> yeah. 
it's uh we got a long way to go so it's just minimize your <laughs> losses at this point i think yeah uh next up fifth place on the day toby price starting 23rd this morning so he was one of the guys that really got affected yesterday uh but he made a lot of time up today he did a toby price run put the hammer down um yep ended up fifth today that puts him overall in the standings he is 15th. in the 15th yep. yep and we're thinking 15th right now he's 32 minutes back is everybody in that top 15 is basically a contender yeah absolutely i mean absolutely he's time-wise he's totally fine so yeah, i think minutes. that that it, the navigation you know the guys have all said that the navigation this year is different they're doing things a lot differently as they're building the roadbook and it's causing them to really have to pay attention and confirm all the notes and, you know, not just, not just follow tracks. So I think that that means that there's going to be this constant risk of a, of a shakeup of some, someone, a top front runner losing a bunch of time. Yeah. As, as we saw yesterday, excuse me. Um, uh, so much time lost yesterday. An hour. Ricky Brabeck was back an hour. Luciano Benavides, uh, Kevin's brother, was back an hour and 20 minutes or an hour and 15 minutes, something like that. So we expect a few more of those situations to happen just based on the roadbook notes. And we have – Quinn's going to explain that in a little bit. Plus, we have Sam Sunderland um, called in and gave us some insight into exactly what that roadbook looks like and why it's confusing people, which I think will make it a lot uh, more clear for people. And myself, it cleared it up. So if I can understand it, everybody listening can clearly <laughs> understand it. <laughs> right. Yep. Um, let's talk about yesterday's winner, Sanders, or and, and the day before winner, you know, the two-time yep. gas gas winner. He went out today leading a stage. Obviously, the navigation is tricky. And he lost some time, understandably. But he minimized yep. his damage. He did a pretty good job maintaining. He was 24 minutes down today, but yeah. His yeah, overall I, time is good. Yeah, it looks like uh, he finished 23rd on the stage, and it was, I guess, yeah, about 25 minutes off the off the lead. So yeah. it looked like there was a tricky spot around kilometer 240-ish that, that caught some guys out, and mm -hmm. I think that lead bunch with Sanders and Quintanilla and whoever else was in there got – got caught out a bit by it and lost, lost a good, you know, 15, 20 minutes there. Yep. Um, so, you know, it's, it's kind of to be expected for the guy that's leading out really. And, uh, you know, we'll see what, what Sanders can do on the gas gas tomorrow. It's, yeah. uh, it's kind of interesting because we've had, uh, gas gas has led this race, uh, <laughs> yeah. two different riders now for, uh, three days. Yeah. The new gas gas team, second year at the rally, basically first year with multiple team members and, dominating <laughs> they're dominating Dakar this year yep pretty cool I mean all, all the KTM group bikes are yeah obviously strong and it's a strong team but um mm -hmm. you know it's neat to see some different colors up there yeah that uh another note on uh Daniel Sanders he's even after losing 20 some minutes today and this is reinforcing that not losing major time he's only three minutes out of the lead because he had yep. such a good gap or a good lead and you know he had time to give basically yeah for sure um you know i think him and quintanilla are are really you know pretty strong contenders and i think that they're going to come back swinging tomorrow and we're going to see them up front again tomorrow yeah 
don't start predicting who's going to win yet. We're saving that for the end okay. of the show because I don't want to hear it yet. Gotcha. Let's talk about uh, some Americans. Andrew Short had a pretty good day. Um, other than Skyler, obviously, we talked about him crushing it and riding just super smart. Andrew Short made up some time today. He started 19th, finished ninth overall. So he you know, made some time up after losing some time yesterday, too. He's sitting 16th overall. He's only 35 minutes out of the lead in the overall rankings. Yep. So he's he's still there. He's still within within range. And, uh, you know, it's looked like it was a pretty good ride for him today. Um we haven't we haven't chatted with Andrew yet, but it'd be nice to get him on and yeah, get his uh, get his feelings on on how things are going. His race is a thousand percent better than it was last year already because he's made it to through day two. Yeah, which is good. And also Yamaha in general, uh, Yamaha is holding down second overall in the rankings with Adrian Van Beveren, who rode really strong today. Uh, he's got some comments on the navigation, which are pretty telling as well. Uh, Branch rode really well today. Um, after a pretty tough day, he's in eh, 12th overall and then, uh, short, he's knocking on that top 15 and 16th place. So all the Yamaha guys seem to be doing a really good job. I wonder, I wonder if shorty's going to be checking the fuel before he, uh, puts it in his bike, like pouring a little bit out and seeing if there's any, I guarantee he's not first at the fuel truck at all. I bet he is. Yeah. He's not going to be first guy in line, huh? You're next. He's going to just wait. He's going to be waving by people by him. Go get some gas. I'm going to get it after that thing gets cleaned out a little bit. Yep. For sure. Um, Ricky Brabeck, you know, we we talked about how much time he lost yesterday, and it was catastrophic, I described it as. <laughs> he lost an hour. Uh, unfortunate for him. He got stuck in that same thing. A lot of people did. Um, today, we thought he might crush it and move up into the top, top positions, but uh, finished 15th today, starting 35th. So he made... He made some time, but uh, you think he might have left some time on the table there? Yeah, I mean, he you know he's 15 minutes off the leader. Uh, he he started f- plenty far back to be able to to follow tracks, but uh, mm-hmm. you know I think having having that mistake yesterday and it, you know it can shake your confidence and mm-hmm. you know maybe make you give a little extra thought to the to the road book and be a little more cautious when it comes to to the navigation so you know maybe he was just playing it smart um if he had another another big mistake like yesterday or a big you know time loss i should say i don't know that it was generally a mistake but just a you know a a big time loss it, it would for sure put him out of the rally but um, yeah, I think he left definitely left a few minutes on the table today, and he's about fifty three minutes back in twenty third yep. overall, twenty second place overall, so fifty three minutes soon. behind the leader of the rally. Yeah, so that's uh, that's going to be a big gap to overcome for him, and and you know, I mean, it's still yeah, anything's possible. For sure, two days in, and he can keep nibbling away at it. Yep, but, I mean, uh, he's he's twenty minutes out of that top twelve top 15 sort of golden zone. Um, you know, tomorrow he's going to be starting 15th again. So, Hey, we, we got got a little insight. Yeah. We got a little insight into, into what happened yesterday, um, at that, at that kilometer, roughly kilometer 257. Yeah. Let's get into this, this navigation snafu, uh, challenge. Uh, it's more of like an interpretation and sort of like a surprise in the road book 
it's not a mistake necessarily, right? It's not an error in the roadbook. It's just a really vague way of giving a direction or giving a course direction. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there's a few different things at play. Um, you know, a really technical, confusing note that was, I think, pretty vague. Mm-hmm. And um, the guys were were supposed to follow a, a principal piece, which is like a main track. Yeah, that's um, that's code they, for follow the road or the main trail yeah, that you can see, trail. right? That the physical thing you can see, yep. and, and so, it's supposed to be in this certain direction that you can physically, like, just be like, that's obviously it. It's the main. It's the main road. Yeah. So you follow the main road, um, but the thing is, is I guess since the rain and the wind. The tracks were a little bit covered over, and then it looked like there had been a car that had gone through there, or some kind of vehicle had gone through, mm-hmm. and gone a different direction after the rain. And so, right. the main track looked like it was, you know, more more driven, which was going in uh, the wrong direction. But it wasn't actually the the track that the roadbook builder intended. Um, also, yep. there was a cap heading there that was it said at. First, it was cap 42, then average cap 10. Okay. So the guys, you know, are kind of, especially the top guys, really have it ingrained in their head to follow cap heading. Always, always follow your cap. Yep. So they were trying to go cap 10. Um, Things weren't adding up where that cap 10 should have only been for maybe 800 meters. Mm -hmm. And then it it kind of went to something else. Um, That, which, yeah. Difficult note, and but the thing that that really kind of screwed him up was that there was nothing really to confirm for a, about eleven kilometers. Which is like a confirm is a hard waypoint cap heading direction in the road book that's like ignore the the washed out road that's not there. You need to be going this direction at this kilometer. Yep. So everybody was there. They were already. They knew that something wasn't adding up. They weren't sure, but they had to really, to really prove that it wasn't right. They had to ride 11 kilometers to the next waypoint control, which was a 200 meter waypoint. Gotcha. So it means that you have to be within 200 meters of the thing. So that's a really yeah. narrow spot in the open desert. That's like a, you're trying to hit this target out there. That's 200 meters wide. Yep. And you're, you've already made a mistake at some point, you're not going to randomly hit the right spot at 200 meters wide. It's too, it's too small. Yep, for sure. And so a few guys went through ahead, you know, the, the top guys. Um, it sounds like Ricky was leading out the stage uh, until about three kilometers before. And then Beretta passed him and started leading out. And Ricky started following Beretta and maybe let his guard down a little bit, trusted Beretta's navigation and Beretta went wrong or went the way he thought that it, he should have gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and that put them, you know, in a, in a position where they, they it was unclear. Yeah. And, you know, they spent a lot of time trying to work it out. Yeah. And As it sounds like quite a few, a few other of the guys, yeah. yeah, a few of the guys came through from the back and, it sounds like the guys that got it right either got lucky or kind of ignored their cap heading and just went off of the picture, mm-hmm. which sometimes, you know, isn't a, isn't a bad thing. If, you know, you see something that looks the way that you want to go and the cap is nadding up. Yeah. 
you know, it's hard to say. I, you know, <laughs> everyone trains to be to follow your cap, trust your cap, trust your cap. And uh, these guys, you know, maybe the guys who went a little bit uh, more kind of just, I guess, less experienced guys, yeah, may have uh, may have caught it right that time and and uh, you know ridden through there without too much trouble. That's that's really. Um confusing <laughs> that's yeah. got to be really frustrating i don't know if you saw the helicopter footage of the guys literally sitting there talking to each other and pointing like i don't know i don't know this way this way it's not working it's not adding up let's go back and try again yep and i mean it's it's hard to ride backwards for 10 or 11 kilometers to <laughs> a, a race to a place yeah and i mean you're really you know if you get to that point you're like what do i what do I do here? Yeah. Do I keep going further? Do I turn around? Do I go back? Do I cut across the desert? Cause I think, I think it's to the right of me. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's tough. And then sometimes there's not, especially I think, you know, you see the Saudi desert and there's not a lot of bushes and not a lot of landmarks. So mm-hmm. sometimes when you get, if you just try to go, you know, off track across the desert, you kind of lose where you are and, your bearings. Yeah, it becomes difficult to see. Yeah. Yeah. So. Interesting. Well, one of those guys that got through there, uh, we talked about yesterday, Mason Klein ended up finishing, you know, fourth overall in the day, started fifth with the big boys, 20 year old kid from California. Um, today he, he started fifth, he finished 33rd. So he lost time kind of understandably cause you know, leading is hard. Um, but he's, he's in 14th overall. He's 30 minutes down in a good spot, really good spot for a rookie. Yeah, for sure. I believe probably still leading the rally two class. I would, I would assume. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, so. I know, um, the only other one is, uh, Bradley Cox, Bradley Cox. So that's, uh, actually Alfie Cox's son, right? Alfie Cox's kind of son. Cool an old, uh, uh, South African racer who's done God knows how many Dakars. Yeah. He uh, probably lost count, but he's, uh, Look like he finished. He's in twenty sixth right now, so mm-hmm. he's a little bit behind uh, Mason. But you know, yeah, he gained a little time on Mason today, and they're actually on the same team that Bass Racing KTM Racing team. Yep, but it's neat to see some young guys up there. Yeah, mixing it up. Yeah, it's really cool. The next generation, they're learning some really tricky navigation stuff. Hey, should we uh, talk to Sam about the navigation stuff? Yeah, I think so. Let's uh, let's, let's, let's get this going. Let's stay on that train. Sam Sunderland, overall stage winner, to, uh, not stage winner. He's overall race winner leader right now. Um, we sent him some voice questions. So here is Sam talking about yesterday's navigation struggles and explaining a little bit, you know, um, how it's how it's going and you know what it's like to lead the the race and some other questions. So here we go. First one. Hey mate, how you going? Um, just uh, living the camper life out here in the desert. Long day today was 800 kilometers or so, so fair stint in the saddle. Um, yeah, yesterday's stage, um, I definitely did not get through there pretty cleanly. Um, I lost uh, 13 minutes, so that was a bit of a rough time, but yeah, not as not as much as some others lost. Um, it was super difficult, the note, and not really clear to how the terrain was. And I think it's a mixture of things like that note was a tricky note. Um, there wasn't 
a lot of information about how to sort of find the right track and um, where there's been so many rains through the, through the last days it's kind of like washed it out a little bit so the main track is like really less visible than it normally would be and if a car like one car passes through it looks like the main track then so I think that was causing a bit of the drama and uh, yeah fair few circles um, hopefully trying to avoid a bit a bit of that yeah so the navigation is tricky I think for one of the reasons is like it's one of their ways to try and slow the pace down like the speeds that you're like spending more time searching for the right way than just sort of blowing around hitting waypoints um, and yeah they certainly have done that um, so like as a roadbook you've got three boxes the first box is your kilometer the second box is like a tulip design like a picture of an arrow around a dune or next to a tree or sort of where you need to go or a fork in the road and then the third box is like <clears throat> extra information and um, the third box on the right normally it has like in, in rallies of past is like just a couple of bits of information like cap 120 or uh, stay right or something quite simple and um, now every other note the right box is is just full jam-packed of, of information that's really important about how to find the right way you know like for an example you're at kilometer 350 you turn left in the off-piece dunes as the tulip drawing shows but then in the right box it will show the cap and then it will show at 300 meters you change cap to 265 and then at 600 meters you need to turn right into a small canyon in cap 100 and um, you know that's like just a small snippet of 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 you know an idea of what I'm trying to explain and um, it's all so it's almost like taking three notes like three separate notes and just jamming them all in the right box um, as writing so it's super difficult to keep sort of looking at it and understand it correctly and trying to add up like doing quick math on the fly um, the 300 meters plus the 600 meters from the original note distance and oh it's like a <laughs> high-speed chess so yeah opening the way as I did today the last 100k is a huge disadvantage especially because the terrain's been a bit wet um, the boys from the back can just push your track so yeah bit of a tricky old time out there that sounds super uh super tricky and super stressful to kind of process all that information and you know pay attention to that to that information that's being put into that third box that maybe in previous rallies they never really had to pay a ton of attention to that so. yeah because normally that would be like he said, three different notes in the roadbook, it wouldn't be all on the same line. You would have right. another mileage marker with another direction change and maybe another mileage marker with another direction change, right? Yeah, it, you know, and I mean, they knew this was coming. They, they saw it a little bit from last year and a lot of the training that the guys were doing here uh, this summer, you know, Jordy Villadomes, who, who designs a lot of the roadbooks for the guys, mm -hmm. was was saying we need to have multiple notes in one box we need to have uh, more information because so they had some clues going in seeing. so yeah they they knew it was coming and i think it's just getting you know putting it into application like racing application yeah it's hard enough to decipher a road book from someone you don't know as we've discussed it's it's sort of a language each uh, 
route builder has and the way they explain things. And now we're condensing that into much more information in a smaller spot in the same distance that has huge consequences if you screw up. Because the like you said earlier, the, the confirmation where you could check to see if you're in the right spot isn't for 11 kilometers later. Plus, it's a tiny dot in the middle of the desert you got to hit to to know if you're wrong. So really, really stressful navigation, as <laughs> Sam said. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I think Sam leading out for the last 100 Ks today, mm-hmm. really, you can you can hear it in his voice, the kind of exhaustion and, and the mental fatigue that goes that goes into that the work it takes mentally to uh to lead out a stage like that is is really difficult and we we talked about that before is how you're constantly reciting numbers in your head you're you're reciting your mileage and you're reciting your cap heading and so you're you're always looking for the next mileage so you know 253.7 253.7 and and you're transposing numbers and, you know, maybe you transpose your cap with your mileage one time. And oh, geez. So it's just mentally really, really taxing. And uh, that's why, you know, sometimes the guys will take turns leading out because it's just, you know. Yeah, they're fried. Hard thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. They're it's like you fried. said, high speed gamut chess. Plus, yeah. And, and the speeds are, you know, last year we, we had a lot of fun calculating out these average speeds for the uh, entire special tests. And I mean, we were blown away. We're talking 70 miles an hour average speed where. So I think it, it has slowed the guys down a little bit. It looks like our, the average speed is, is been around 55 mile an hour. Mm-hmm. So quite a, quite a bit slower than last year. I don't know if it's really slowed the guys down, if they're actually still going just as fast between the notes, but then just losing time because they're Good. getting screwed up. And that's slowing the total speed down. Yeah, turning around will slow your total speed down. <laughs> but I mean, I think maybe after a few days, if they get screwed up enough, we'll we'll see them start to pay a little bit better attention to the roadbook, and even the guys that are that are coming from the back, yeah, start you know really confirming every note. Well, I uh, asked Sam one more question. He's got an answer for us about looking forward to the next few stages, since you know uh, another three hundred thirty k tomorrow or three sixty tomorrow, and then the big day over 400k racing the next day so let's hear the last answer from rally leader sam sunderland right now coming into the next days like like you say i'm leading the race on day two but it's uh really it would be really naive of me to think that it means anything at all at this moment you know um I'm sure there's going to be a lot more difficulties to come for everybody over the next days and um just need to try and limit the mistakes when that difficult note appears as you know nobody knows when it's coming and uh sure it's coming so um yeah just try and limit the the mistakes and honestly my goal was to always be around sort of fourth to sixth place um to to avoid opening stage and having that whole yo-yo effect that you see going on with the guys that open um, but yeah, I finished up second today, so I was expecting honestly the guys from the back to catch up a little bit more time because it was wet desert and a lot of tracks to follow in the last kind of 120, 150 kilometers I was opening, so I thought I'd lose a bit more of a chunk than I did, um, which on one side is cool because the pace is good, but on the other side sucks because I start out second on the road tomorrow, so there's any dramas i'll be one of the first to come across them but this is racing and uh same for all of us it's all a little bit of a chess game so um just having fun and still you know 
trying to enjoy myself out there and uh, just keep banging the hammer. And yeah, we still got 10 long days ahead of us. Cheers, mate. Cool insight. Very good stuff. Yeah. Stoked to hear from Sam and it's great to see him, uh, you know, getting off to such a strong start. All right. Uh, we have just talked with Skyler as well about the days, sort of his interpretation of the roadbook challenges and uh, kind of how the race is going. Should we hear from Skyler Quinn? Yeah, let's do it. Here he comes. Hey, uh, yeah, stage two actually was super fun. Uh, we had a mixture of super fast sandy tracks. Um, at the very beginning, we had a fast section that was mixed. It was like a sandy base and it had uh, uh, some rocks on top and kind of twisty, but really, really fast and a little bit sketchy. And I don't know, I just started feeling super good and and yeah i think i was just feeling comfortable and kind of sent it went uh went fast through there and then the dunes uh we were going the good direction dakar usually runs us off of the dunes like so off of big dune drops and cuts and this time we were going the good direction so we could basically jump up them and all the dunes are wet so we're getting really good traction and yeah, I, I don't know. The dunes around here are actually really fun. They're kind of motocrossy, so it's a really fun stage because it had a good mixture of everything, some really high speeds, some twisty, sandy tracks, and then some technical dune sections, which were fun. But what's crazy is the the tricky notes are catching, they just catch you off guard because they're not, when you look at them, they don't even look like a tricky note. It looks you know pretty straightforward and the reason that is is it's like you know you're you're supposed to be on a track and it just says to change your cap heading maybe at a fork in the road and then in the third box on the right is they they just you know put down word notes so after 500 meters change your cap heading and both days yesterday and today those have caught us off guard where it's it looks like a super simple note it's not really tricky navigation but for whatever reason the 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 terrain on the ground just doesn't really flow with the road book so you're just you, you think you're right and then you end up off the cap and next thing you know you're way off and you have to try and figure it out so yesterday that's what happened to us we just you know got off the 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 right track while we're following the right cap and it was just yeah really tricky and then today the same thing happened we're just flowing down the what we thought was the right fast track and but we were supposed to change our cap heading to like three valleys over and um yeah it's it's been quite difficult and then to figure out where you're at in the dunes where you don't really have a reference point you know you know you're not really passing any rocks or anything you're just in the middle of this sea of dunes that's a little bit tricky to figure out where you went wrong so it's kind of important to keep your your bearings and know which side of the mistake you're on and how to correct it so i've i've got lucky the last two days been able to figure out the the mistake and and get to it with only losing minimal time compared to the you know everyone else losing quite a bit of time so yeah still super early into the race and uh 
usually the dune navigation is a little bit i wouldn't say easier but it's more straightforward and now <laughs> the dune navigation is actually getting quite tricky so um if this is any uh uh i don't know if we're if we're looking into the future on how this is going to go this is going to be a really tricky dakar and, and i think it might bring the pace back down a little bit i mean it's been it's changed into a sprint race everyone's pushing so hard and the pace is super high and i think maybe it, uh the pace might come back down just because the navigation if you lose focus for one second then uh yeah it's <laughs> you're gonna get off course but overall it's been super fun wet sand wet dirt super cold liaisons but really fun nice good to hear from yeah. skyler he's got good spirits Very cool yeah i think you know a couple of cool good things is that you know it sounds like he's having fun enjoying the uh wet sand dunes and kind of ripping in those conditions uh um, the other thing that's interesting is that he's um you know he he feels like the race is slowing down a little bit because of the navigation mm -hmm. it's actually happening pretty pretty exciting yeah it's kind of got the guys uh out of their comfort zone and they're not they're not willing to hang it out quite as far because they uh they don't want to go wrong the so has been talking about this for a couple of years hey we need to slow these guys down navigation is going to be trickier and trickier and last year it just didn't happen they're just blowing super high speeds through all the sections they're like oh they're going to have fewer tires and navigation is going to be tricky and they went faster than they probably ever have but this year um definitely definitely making them second guess things out there and slowing them down so it's going to make the racing really exciting more exciting than just a straight out speed run to me yeah for sure no i i'm super stoked to watch it and it, i mean again yeah. it makes it it makes it so exciting for us to watch at home because you just don't know you know there's nothing worse than a 12-day race that uh, some guy gets out in front and he just nothing changes yeah yeah and also maybe gives you know ricky brayback and some of these guys that had such a uh, a big time loss maybe a little glimmer of hope because they know the guys in front are going to be stressed all the time trying to navigate through these things and hopefully they can capitalize on that for sure. For sure. It would be really, uh, really great to see Ricky get back up in there and mm -hmm. start mixing it up. And I think, you know, anything, anything can happen. We got some we big have, uh, stages coming up. Yep. A couple big days of, uh, of writing. Tomorrow's um, 700 K again. And yeah, that's, man. that's a, that's not even a big day. <laughs> right. And today was, was actually longer than they anticipated yeah. because they had to ride a full liaison after the stage back to uh, a different bivouac. They were planned to go to the marathon bivouac, which would have been a couple hundred K shorter. So they had to ride an extra, you know, 200 and some kilometers on the road the stage. Yeah, and if you remember road. our, our interview with Ricky Brayback uh, from the pre-race stuff, he said the liaisons are the hardest part, like the most miserable part anyway, because it's freezing cold in the morning. It's also, you're wiped out afterwards and you still got to ride back to the, <laughs> the bivouac on the highway or, you know, some, some just road out there. You're not racing, yeah. you're just commuting and it's a brutal commute when you're on a dirt bike. Yeah, for sure. So tomorrow it looks like they have a 255 kilometer special. So a little bit, a little bit shorter special, Yep. but I, I don't know how long the liaison is going to be because they're in a different bivouac. So, right. It was originally they, scheduled for 380, which is a lot all by itself, but right. it might be I mean, more can, or less. Who knows? 
Yeah, we can look at the map and see, but I, yeah. I feel like, you know, it's it's going to be another long day. It's going to be a long day in the saddle. Um, <clears throat> and then the next day, the biggest day of the rally, as far as timed specials go, it's 465 kilometers on the clock. We're talking, these guys are swinging 20, 30 minutes or an hour when it's 300 kilometers. This is going to be, you know, almost 200 kilometers more than that. You know, 165 yep. kilometers more than that, which is just more time to gain time and more time to lose time. For sure. Yeah. So, you know, tomorrow it'll be an interesting day. I, I don't see like, of course, there's always that opportunity to, to make up time, but, uh, you know, generally the shorter the stage is, the, you know, the less opportunities are there. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, this one sounds like, again, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be sandy, going to be technical, yep. uh, lots of intersections, junctions, things like that. So I think, you know, there could be a, we could have another, another shakeup tomorrow. I'm excited and, uh, to see what the shakeup's going to be tomorrow. Yeah. I, and, you know, I've, I've picked two winners in a row now. Here we go. And uh, I feel like, I feel like Jesse should pick first. <laughs> Being that you know, I picked first the last two days, and you know, you think it's because you're picking first that you're winning? No, I just you know, I want to I want to give you an opportunity to to pick first. This is like one of your rally strategy moves. Like you led the first couple stages, and you got some confidence, so now you want me to lead out, and you want to key off my pick, so you can slide in there and get another win. Yeah, but you know, I just I want to give it a, give you a fair a fair shake at it because the the excuses start flying that oh you picked my guy or oh, that wasn't fair. <laughs> well, I, uh, you're not gonna pick my guy today because my guy's Ricky Brabeck and he's gonna win tomorrow. He is probably pissed off. You don't want to have a pissed off Ricky Brabeck racing against you. He's starting, you know, favorable spot to start. He yeah is going to nail the navigation. He's understanding the nomenclature of the person who wrote the book. So he's starting to decipher how it works. He's got 14 guys in front of him tomorrow. Mm-hmm. He's going to just be confirming his waypoints at every intersection and putting the Brayback hammer down. He's going to gain, I'm guessing he's going to put uh, six or seven minutes oh. on second place. Oh, we're even, we're yep. even putting times down. I'm just trying to shake it up. Good. Trying to shake it up. Yeah. Yep. That's that's my prediction. He's going to be six minutes clear of second place, and Ricky Brabeck's going to be the leader of tomorrow's stage. He's going to crush it tomorrow. Okay. Well, that that's a pretty safe bet. I think I think Ricky's in a good spot, and you know he's definitely got the speed. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go back with uh with Daniel Sanders. He's coming back for another win. Say he's going to come swinging tomorrow again. Um. From twenty third, he's starting twenty third, and I think he's going to ride right through the right through the pack. And uh, if the guys in front of him make their mistakes, and by the time he gets there, they've already kind of got it worked out, I think he'll ride through there and kind of like he did on on stage one B. Yeah, it's possible. So, it's possible. It's kind of a safe bet. Yeah, I mean, you've already yeah. won with him. It's kind of like I mean, picking Jeremy McGrath to win a Supercross yeah. in like you know the nineties. He's probably due for a for a big mistake sooner or later, mm-hmm. but 
just because of his it's only his second year, maybe a little lack of experience, but it's working out I, for him. He's got so much speed that you can't ignore the guy. No, he yeah. He doesn't care. He's going so fast out there. I'm going to be really excited to watch Mason again finish tomorrow after, you know, he's going to be starting in the back again um, just to see how he keeps reacting to these days. It's so fun to watch how he's yep. doing. It's really cool. All right. For sure. I think that wraps up our day today. Awesome. Well, good job. And uh, we'll see who we can get on tomorrow. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Shout out to Sam Sunderland and Skyler House for calling in today. Um, those guys race for, you know, all day, freezing cold, and then uh, take the time to answer our questions via WhatsApp or even, you know, call directly. So we really appreciate them. Uh, once again, thanks to Climb for, you know, title sponsoring our event. This is a fun, fun party. Hey, we're going to launch an Instagram page too. We got some yep. insight, uh, some photos from the guys. They're sending us some pictures of road books so you guys can kind of see those note things we were talking about. Um, we'll announce that you know, through all our regular channels as soon as we get that organized because, you know, that's what we're doing. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Thanks, everybody. That's right. Have a great day. See ya.